Welcome to Prep Talk, the emergency management podcast. Find out what you need to know about preparedness. Get all the latest tips from experts in the field and learn what to do before the next disaster strikes. From the emergency management department in the city that never sleeps, here are your hosts. Hello, everyone. Thank you for listening. I'm Ines Bebea. And I'm Ashley Holmes. Welcome to another episode of Prep Talk, where we discuss all things in emergency management. You can follow us on social media, on our Twitter, AKAX at NYC Emergency MGT. We're also on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and much more. On this episode of Prep Talk, we celebrate September as National Preparedness Month. And this year also marks the 20th anniversary of our volunteer program, NYC CERT, and our readiness program, Ready New York. 20 years is a lifetime of volunteer opportunities and readiness representations. We are joined by the first Deputy Commissioner, Christina Farrell, and Director of Individual Preparedness, Abigail Banks, to highlight the growth and impact of these incredible programs. Both programs are integral parts of our mission to assist New Yorkers before, during, and after emergencies. NYC CERT is a national volunteer program that came to New York City after the September 11th attacks and has empowered New Yorkers to assist their communities during emergency and non-emergency events. As part of our preparedness programs, Ready New York, which began in 2003, has done over 6,000 events with schools, private and nonprofit businesses throughout the five boroughs to help New Yorkers, families, individuals, community organizations, and faith-based groups be prepared before an emergency. And Ready Girl, our emergency management superhero, has helped children in New York City learn about the role that they can play in school and at home to be prepared for emergencies. Abby and Christina, welcome to the podcast. Christina, let's start with you. You have been with the agency since its early days. Tell us how you have seen the impact of CERT volunteers grow and why do you think New Yorkers continue to volunteer? Hey, thanks, Ashley and Inez. Hey, Abby, it's great to be on with all of you. I just want to say I feel like I'm here with three ready girls um, on the podcast, (laughs) so happy to be on with all you guys. Certain volunteers have proven themselves over and over again um, to what great neighbors they are and what great assets they are for emergency management and the city of New York. Uh, Since the program began in 2003, uh, with just training a few people, it's grown dramatically and we're so proud to have, um, you know, several hundred volunteers in all of New York City's neighborhoods and all five boroughs. We are also extremely fortunate that over the last 20 years, we have forged these strong partnerships with uh, FDNY, both the fire suppression side and the um, emergency medical services component, as well as with the NYPD. Um, you know, these instructors, along with our emergency management team, provide an unparalleled 10-week customized course uh, that really uses the expertise of these great first responder agencies to give cert. Uh, members all the training that they need to get started. I think it goes without saying, but the continued success of this program would not be possible without the time, dedication, and professionalism of all our CERT volunteers. We've faced countless emergencies over the last 20 years of all uh, different kinds, things we expected, things we didn't expect. Everything keeps changing and amplifying. These emergencies have impacted every community across the city. Um, And so many, many thousands, if not millions of New Yorkers have encountered their local CERT teams offering assistance and education about emergency preparedness. And, um, you know, as we enter our next 20 years, the energy and enthusiasm of all our CERT members continues to inspire 
all of us at emergency management and our partner agencies, and then, you know, most importantly, other New Yorkers um, to see the opportunity that it is to be part of CERT, to connect with their community in a meaningful way, both before an emergency and during an emergency. Um, so, you know, anyone who knows me knows I can't say enough good things about how the CERT program has evolved and how important it is uh, as we look to the future of emergency management. Thank you so much, Christina. And then Abby, now we turn to you as Director of Individual Preparedness, Red New York hosts preparedness presentations all year round. What are the biggest misconceptions about being prepared for emergencies that New Yorkers have? Thank you for that question, Inez. Um, and I think some of the biggest misconceptions is as New Yorkers, we think that it would never happen to us or an emergency might never happen to us. Um, and the second, I think, is that the help will come very quickly. But I think living in New York, people are starting to realize that preparedness is actually a very important step. And little by little, we're seeing more and more people taking that step to be prepared uh, via our program um, and using the My Emergency Plan. Thank you for that, Abby. And how does Ready Girl help children face the idea of emergencies? Sure. So Ready Girl, as you know, is our emergency preparedness superhero, uh, and she helps children understand the importance of staying calm during an emergency. Uh, so throughout her presentation and engagement with the children, uh, she uses the word plan, P-L-A-N. And what that sort of stands for is the P stands for preparing a go bag or having some materials ready to go in that emergency situation. The L for learning about the different hazards that we face here in New York City, whether that be flooding, uh, heat waves, uh, power outages, or even snow. Um, uh, a for awareness about important information such as allergies, medications, and then our most important, our meeting places with our family members or trusted contacts. And then N for notifying those trusted contacts that they may have in their families uh, about any important information that may be needed or that emergency information. Thanks for that, Abby. And now back to you, Christina. Earlier you said that um, the CERP training is done in collaboration with NYPD and the fire department, where the trainees go through like 11 sessions where they're equipped with the skills to help during fire safety, search and rescue, traffic management, et cetera. Why do you think it was important for the training to be done by these two agencies? Why is that collaboration between us and them important? You know, as I think back, it's incredible to me that it's been 20 years since we first um, brought CERT to New York City. And, you know, as when we were looking, because the curriculum, there is a nationwide curriculum, but in the city, uh, we have built on that. We've customized it. We've looked at things like, um, you know, subway safety and evacuation, high rise evacuation, um, you know, language access, uh, people, vulnerable populations, you know, all the things that, um, you know, can be, uh, I guess, both a blessing and a curse in New York City as we um, go about our daily lives. Since the CERT members are going to be out in the field, um, they need to understand how the police department works, how the fire department works, how EMS and emergency management. And, you know, we always feel like it's best to let the agencies speak for themselves. And, um, you know, also just as important for the first responder agencies to understand CERT capabilities and how they can best collaborate and work with our volunteers and our teams, our divisions. Um, so we train our CERT members using the principles outlined in the Incident Command System, or ICS, 
which is part of the National Incident Management System. And also in New York City, we have our citywide incident management system. Um, so, you know, anyone who's involved in first response or in emergency management knows how important the incident command system is, how important it is um, that people understand their place in it, how they contribute, um, how they stay safe. And so, you know, doing that in a partnership with the three agencies, that really has strengthened the program. It really has, like I said, make sure that we can keep one another safe. Uh, and as we look at the additional units that we teach, um, like urban environment, disaster medical operations, fire safety, light search and rescue, police science and terrorism awareness, uh, and then bringing that all together in a disaster simulation, you know, having those partnerships has really been invaluable. And um, I will also say that once people um, do graduate the program, they receive a credential, um, you know, that is recognized among different city agencies and our partners, not just uh, the ones we've mentioned, you know, that does allow them to work side by side as, as needed with the different agencies. But we also uh, are able, and thanks to our agency partners, to do specialized training. Um, so even though 11 sessions sounds like a lot, it goes by really quickly. And as Abby knows, we also do um, some personal preparedness in there. We ask our uh, new members to make a go bag, to think about their neighbors and about uh, their family members. So, you know, if we want to get into more traffic safety, if we want to talk more about crowd control or radio operations or things like that, we also offer advanced training to our graduated members. And, um, you know, New York City Emergency Management is only 270 people. Uh, obviously, the police department and fire departments are much larger. So there's no way that we could offer this level um, and this amount of training if we didn't have these strong partnerships. So we always want to thank our, our first responder agencies that have been with us with CERT every step of the way. Thank you for that. Um, this next question is for you again, Christina. Um, being part of a response team can be very emotional. How does NISM help volunteers prepare for the emotional aspect of an emergency response? Yeah, um, that's a really important question. And, you know, we're right now, um, I know that there are CERT members and other volunteers down in Florida that are um, you know, getting ready to respond and um, to help with the effects of Hurricane Adelia that are hitting our neighbors to the south. So we stress starting uh, through the training and then definitely when we have different uh, activations and deployments of our volunteers, uh, you know, we talk about disaster mental health, we offer access to mental health professionals to help our volunteers um, deal, you know, cope with the stress that they experience because we know that everyone will, um, experience the stress differently. And sometimes, unfortunately, you know, people don't even realize that they're experiencing this stress until um, it could manifest itself in, um, you know, in a way that you really didn't expect or you never wanted to happen. Um, so we really, you know, we encourage our volunteers to take time off, um, to rest and recharge. There's always another emergency. There's always another way they can get involved. Um, and if we have something, you know, very intense, like we have had over the years, um, you know, we, we work to schedule our volunteers, you know, like I said, to make sure that they're safe. And so, you know, there have been times, just like there have been with our staff and other agencies, where we may see that a volunteer, um, you know, maybe they're doing too many shifts, or maybe they're working late hours, um, you know, and so we also will kind of monitor that and work with volunteers if, um, you know, they need to take a little time off or maybe do something a little less intense. 
Uh, but it's really everybody's job to look out for each other, to look out for themselves and realize that if you're not able to take care of yourself, you're really not going to be an effective volunteer with other people. And the conversation on mental health is so important because we recognize that if you can fill your own cup, you can't help somebody else fill theirs. In the same way that on an airplane, they tell you, you have to put on your mask first before you give action to somebody else. So knowing all, given all the different activations that uh, you've seen through the years, Christina, do you have one that sticks out in your mind as an example of like the impact that volunteers have for New Yorkers? There's so many, obviously, but um, you know, one thing I remember, and this is several years ago, we had a, uh, a volunteer who was a uh, team lead who had been with us for uh, quite a while. And there was a Sunday afternoon, um, like in the spring, everybody was you know, enjoying a nice Sunday afternoon in the city. And we started getting pages that there was a train derailment in the Bronx um, at pretty significant. And so you know, emergency management, we were sending our citywide incident coordinators out there. We were um, coordinating PD, fire, Metro North, everybody was there. And then we came to find out later in the day and the next day that this volunteer had actually been on one of the trains and had used her training to calm everybody down, to talk to the conductor, to talk to first responders, help the people evacuate. You know, we didn't obviously know that was happening at the moment. We didn't know who was on the train. But, you know, that's really an example of what CERT members do every day. And I will also just mention at one of the favorite events I think of uh, CERT in Brooklyn is the Polar Bear Plunge, which happens on New Year's Day in Coney Island every year. And um, New Year's Day, January of 2022, so a year and a half ago, and someone actually went into cardiac arrest, as unfortunately happens from time to time. And one of our brand new CERT members was able to give that person CPR while 911 was called. You know, that's just another example of huge impact that our volunteers have um, knowing how to spring into action. Wow, those are all great examples. Thank you again for that, Christina. Abby, how do you prepare the NISOM staff for Ready New York presentations? Uh, so we prepare by researching all of the partners uh, and or organizations that reach out to us to request a presentation. And what I mean by that is that we look up at the services that they offer so that we can best tailor the presentation and the resources that are best suited for the participants that might be attending. So for example, if uh, we may put more emphasis on writing down information about your medication as opposed to maybe what's the help that you might need in that emergency situation. So the emphasis for those two groups might be a little different because you might need more help in one area as opposed to the other, or uh, even writing down some of those important phrases that you might need because you do speak a different language so that in that emergency situation, you have a way to communicate with first responders or other people in the area that could potentially help you. Thank you, Abby. Preparedness is key. I know Christina just set the bar really high and thinking about a third activation that stood out to her. So Abby, for you, do you have a presentation that you've done anywhere in the city that sticks in your mind as to like why you do what you do for New Yorkers every single week? Great question. Um, I don't think I have a specific favorite, but I will say I do enjoy when we get to award each year a older adult center and a school of the year. We get to award one for each for their preparedness efforts. 
And that's including having us come out to do a presentation uh, with our partners, FDNY, and other resources and or activities that they do with them. Uh, it just showcases that the preparedness efforts are there and that they are thinking about it. Um, and it also gets back to the family members because they get to talk about, hey, this is what happened at the program today, or this is what happened at school today. Um, but I will say I'm a little more biased. I do enjoy tabling events. I love to be out and talking to the public and the people. So definitely catch me out there at the events. Thank you, Abby. I also enjoy the older adult award um, <laughs> events. It's always fun, especially the um, go bag competition. That, that's always my favorite. During the pandemic, there are many people who became volunteers to help neighbors and New Yorkers. CERT members have assisted outside of NYC in Puerto Rico and Haiti. Christina, where is the next growth potential for CERT in the next 20 years? What do you think about a city employee course option? There are 8.3 million growth opportunities in New York City. You know, we won't rest till we uh, have recruited as many people. We want everyone on Notify NYC. We want everyone to fill out uh, my emergency plan for Ready New York. And we want everyone, I guess, maybe not 8.3 million because you have to be 18. Uh, but everyone who uh, is old enough and has a little free time to, to come out and volunteer for CERT. We've long worked with partners um, such as the New York City Housing Authority, NYCHA, retirement centers, you know, different groups like that, you know, then you can really, people know their neighbors already. They know who might need a little extra help. They know who speak other languages that could be helpful. So, you know, I think focusing on the hyper-local part of CERT and how um, neighbors can help their actual neighbor, like next door or in the apartment building next door is great. Um, we already have many CERT city volunteers, um, you know, city workers that are CERT volunteers, but that is such a natural fit. We'd love to increase that to find different opportunities. We have, over the years, also worked on uh, corporate certs. So we've had some financial institutions, real estate, other groups that have uh, worked with us on putting cert teams or other things in their spaces. So really, um, I think we're just limited by hours in the day, um, you know, how much time our partners have and our creativity. Um, one thing that also um, we've seen over the last few years and is great is looking at, you know, teen and young adult cert. There is an urban assembly emergency management high school. There are uh, emergency management programs at different local colleges. So I think getting to these potential volunteers when they're young and, and kind of making it a way of life, it's also a transferable skill. So whether people are in the city for a year or for their whole life, um, you know, they can definitely take these skills and use them where they go. So um, we have lots of ideas and uh, lots of work to do. Thanks, Christina. And then we can go from having now the whole 8.3 volunteers, because I, I guess they're not only New Yorkers are over 18, but the potential for do as many Ray New York presentations. And from emergency management statistics, we know that the five factors that impact people's ability to prepare for disasters are age, race, education, financial means, and gender. Abby, how does Ready New York help this particular populations with the presentations? That's a great question. So I think beginning with that all of our material comes in 13 different languages, including American Sign Language and also available in audio format. Uh, we also have different videos that uh, explain the differences in emergencies. So whether that be a power outage, flooding, a hurricane situation, uh, and then explains the steps that you might need to take to be prepared, but also the things that could potentially happen. 
We have printed guides. And then we also have, as Christina mentioned, our Notify NYC program, which gives out notifications throughout the five boroughs. As far as including different languages, we have also worked with the Mayor's Office of Immigrant Affairs to work on a program called the We Speak Toolkit. And that toolkit helps uh, anyone that is teaching maybe an English class or has a program that is teaching English with a curriculum to get people accustomed to the words like evacuate or evacuation center and all of the different resources that are available here in New York City. And even just through our presentations, as I mentioned earlier, we try to tailor as much as we can to each specific group that we are going to present to. As far as preparing their go bags, we do a few raffles here and there, whether it be out in when we're doing our tabling events or even during our webinar events. Uh, but we also work very closely with our elected officials and community groups. Uh, and sometimes we get to do some giveaways with them as well so that people can get a few materials to at least start their go bags. Thank you so much, Abby and Christina, for your insight into CERT and Ready New York. It's rapid response time. And if you're a first time listener, it is simple. Prep Talk will ask questions and our guests will give the first answer that comes to mind. But before rapid response, here's a message from NYC Emergency Management. New York City needs your help to make our communities safer, stronger, and better prepared. Support your community by getting involved in the NYC Emergency Management Share Your Space Survey. Do you manage or own a facility in NYC with a large interior room, like a community center? A place of worship? Or a campus facility? These can be used for outreach, for training, as a gathering space in an emergency, or as a disaster recovery center for your community. Community spaces can be used as a resource before, during, and after an emergency. Organizations citywide are encouraged to participate. Go to nyc.gov slash share your space survey. There, you can register your space. By working together, we can build resilient communities, one space at a time. Learn more at nyc.gov slash share your space survey or call 311. It's time for Prep Talk Rapid Response. Okay, and now we're back for Rapid Response. Uh, since we have two of you here today, we will start with whoever has the latest birthday. When is your birthday, Abby? Uh, mine is coming up. Mine is September 8th. Oh, next week. During National Preparedness Month. Um, mine is November 10th. So. Oh, there you go. So, Abby, you get the hat. So, <laughs> what do you carry with you every day that will help you during an emergency? Uh, so, my top three are some snacks. So, definitely a granola bar or um, some kind of small snack that I can put in my bag. A water bottle and a mask because we never know what situation we might be uh, caught up in. I would say uh, my cell phone, making sure that it's charged for multiple reasons. And then I will also say, uh, and I learned this lesson on September 11th, when I ended up walking for hours and hours to get from downtown to uptown, comfortable shoes, because you never know where you're going to be and what's going to happen. And, you know, trying to walk many miles and heels 
is, is not a good thing for me. So cell phone and comfortable shoes. If you could volunteer anywhere, where would you go? I'm a little biased and I'm going to say Dominican Republic just because my background is Dominican. Um, but just a culture that speaks a different language and, and I connect with, I think that would be a great place to volunteer. Yeah, I, I think this is a, a great question. You know, I would go wherever it takes me. I will say that I have been able to travel up to Canada and work with, so I'll go the other direction, Abby, um, and have worked with some Canadian emergency managers over the years. And, um, you know, it's been really fascinating to see the similarities and then also see the differences. I think sometimes we forget how interconnected we are to places that seem far away, that aren't really that far away. So um, maybe I'll make it back up to Canada to help out again. Okay, well, Abby, maybe you kind of already answered this question, but if you could do a reading your presentation anywhere in the world to any kind of audience, where would you do it? So if I had to pick a specific person, I think I would team up with the artist uh, Cardi B. I think she's a great advocate for the community. And while, yes, she does uh, sing rap music, she does use her platform to talk about important things. So I think that'll be a nice partnership there. So if Abby's going uh, performer, I'll do the same thing. Um, I'm in a slightly different demographic, which means I'm older. Uh, than Abby and everybody else here. And so I, if I could do Ready New York with anyone, I would see if Bruce Springsteen wanted to do a Ready New York presentation with me, either in song or uh, talking to help people 50 and above prepare. What is your favorite disaster movie or book? I'm gonna go movie on that one. And I'm gonna say San Andres with The Rock. We don't live on that side of the world, but I thought that was a pretty good movie. Um, it was pretty, pretty interesting and kept me on my feet the whole time. I don't know if it's exactly a disaster, it's a TV show, uh, but I have been obsessed with Survivor for 20 years, 23 years now maybe. I love how people learn to adapt and how the teamwork, the psychological side of that. Survivor starts again in September and I'll be taping it and watching it in my free time. So you can never let the work behind you, Christina. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna watch Survivor for fun. So then I was going to ask, you know, this time we'll take the question to you, Christina, your favorite, your favorite hobby to relax and distress. So that is an easy one for me. And I think a lot of people in the office know that. My favorite de-stress hobby is yoga. I was able to be instrumental in bringing um, yoga actually to emergency management several years ago. We have a weekly class that everybody in our agency is welcome to. We even kept it going virtually during the pandemic. It's really a great escape and a way to kind of stretch and, and take some deep breaths. I recommend that highly to anyone who's so inclined and has a, you can do it for 10, 15 minutes or you could do it all day long. So for me, if we're in the summer months, it's going to the beach. I love uh, just feeling the sand and, and being in the water. But if we're in the winter months, uh, I would say looking more towards Netflix and doing some Netflix binging. Uh, so more of those crime show documentaries or anything having to do with law. Uh, if I chose another career, that may be the, the way I would go. Nice. Uh, describe your work in one word, Christina. Rewarding. Abby. Connections. Great words. Thank you again. Thank you again, guys. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. We look forward to having you back with us and our listeners to learn all things emergency management in the next episode of Prep Talk. 
that's this episode of Prep Talk. If you like what you heard, you can listen anytime online or through your favorite RSS feed. Until next time, stay safe and prepared.